Welcome back, everybody. Today we have we have a guest who was arguably a long time coming. I, I've wanted to have a dentist on this podcast for several years. And because I've, as you dive into health and wellness and you start to understand how all of the these things interlock holistically, it dental becomes pretty damn important. Uh, my journey through dentistry, uh, through the work with dentists, was uh, comical, really. I did, there was a time where I stopped seeing dentists for 15 fucking years and uh, kind of threw the baby out with the bathwater as I became aware of fluoride and mercury amalgam fillings and all these kind of things. I just thought, I don't know that there are good dentists out there. And then as I started to dive into holistic dentistry and bio, biological dentistry and all the different things, um, was turned on to this guy, Dr. Kevin Winters, by my brother, Aubrey Marcus, and uh, really saw a difference almost immediately in, in his practice versus others. And through our many conversations, through the many times that I've seen him over the years, have really come to understand dentistry differently. I've come to understand his education and how it varied so vastly from many people in dentistry and how really what he's done is is effectively the equivalent of someone who gets, you know, like, like Dr. Nathan Riley, you get your medical license and then you go get your real education after that shit ends. That's what Dr. Winters has done. Uh, he comes from a very cool lineage of thinkers out of Las Vegas and um, has worked on incredible athletes and people like Michael Jordan and myself, God damn it. Incredible athlete. <laughs> I'll, I'll throw myself in the hat with 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 Jordan. <laughs> maybe uh, maybe never. Yeah, definitely not Jordan. But uh, he's worked on many who's who people. More importantly, he just knows what the fuck he's doing. And when he does what he's doing, it makes a big difference in your life. Uh, I can sleep on my back now. I think I mentioned this podcast for the first time in my entire life. 40 years. Why does that matter? Well, it matters for my neck. It matters for my spine. It matters for my jaw tensity. It matters with how I breathe, how I think, how much energy I have during the day. All these things are interrelated. And we really break this down on the podcast in, in walking through Kevin's history, where he learned what he learned, and when he started teaching, and all the cool things that he's into, and really where the technology has come over the years. You know, They can do a 3D scan that analyzes airway. If there's anything obstructing, he's got a whole team. He's kind of a, a concierge, if you will, uh, a team of great people from gum specialists, ENTs, and um, he's doing really cool shit. And I told him right from the jump, I'm like, dude, I want to get you on the podcast because the world needs to know about you. And um, I'm, I'm thoroughly impressed with his background. So give it up for my man, Dr. Kevin Winters on this podcast. Uh, visit him at the Hills Dental Spa. And then of course, at the end there, he lists the phone number and all that jazz. We'll link to that in the show notes for you. Definitely worth the trip. If you're coming to Austin to hang, just get checked out. See what these guys, uh, see what they offer you, see what they recommend and, and take it from there. There are many ways that you can support the show. First and foremost, leave us a five-star rating. Our homies at Organifi.com slash KKP are still giving you guys a favorite product from Organifi. And I'm going to switch it up. Organifi, if you're listening, I got a brand new one for you. Peak power. We're going to talk about that on the, on the, uh, we're going to talk about that today as we get into the sponsors, but Leave us a five-star rating with one or two ways the show has helped you out in life, and Organifi is going to send you a free product. It's going to be their new one in partnership with my dudes at Mind Pump Media. So that's all you got to do. Leave one or two ways the show has helped you out in life. At the end of the month, we select one winner. Uh, clue to the selection process. If you leave a really good review, that's probably going to fucking make you the, the people we pick. It's not random. It is 100% based on what you write. So Leave us a good rating. We'll send you out some free product from Organifi. Thank you, Organifi.com slash KKP for doing that for us. You guys are awesome. One of our longest show sponsors. Great people at Organifi. Uh, share this podcast with a friend. If you got people that are going to your regular ass dentist and they're still getting silver in their mouth, 
that's a problem. There are better options available to you today. And you don't want to spend a whole lot of money having all that shit removed. That's what I had to do. You don't want to go back after the fact and get all that taken out and replaced with something that could have been cleaner in the first place. Dental care. How do you widen the mouth? We dive into all these topics here. But if you know somebody's interested in this, if, you, if, you, if your partner fucking snores, like you can fix that. This shit is really easy to fix these days. So uh, coming from a guy who used to snore, who used to have to sleep on his sides every night, who used to have a whole host of fucking issues, uh, if, if it applies to them, send them this podcast. Word of mouth is one of the best ways. Leave us a five-star rating. That's another great way. And then support these sponsors. They make this show absolutely fiscally possible, and I couldn't do it without them. Today, as I mentioned, we're brought to you by Organifi.com slash KKP. And they got a brand new product in partnership with my boys at Mind Pump Media, Sal Stefano, and the homies, Justin, Doug, and Adam are all great dudes. I've been on their podcast a couple of times. They've been on here a couple of times. Just great guys out of the Bay. They've created an amazing product called Peak Power. It's made for focus, performance, and hydration. It's best served cold. It tastes absolutely incredible. It's got a number of superfood ingredients, as you'd come to expect from anything from Organifi. Tiny bit of caffeine, 100 milligrams. And it actually has got some nootropics and different things in it that are going to switch you on. And it, how that switches you on is, is super important. But what it can be used for is really sky's the limit. You want to take this as a pre-workout? It's incredible. You want to take this before you knuckle up and grind on some podcasts or research or studying, book reviews, whatever the thing is that you need to be locked in for, Organifi's peak power will bring you there. It's made for focus, performance, and hydration, intra-workout, pre-workout, Inch your long ass day in the sun, whatever you're doing and you want to do it better, check out Organifi's Peak Power over at Organifi.com slash KKP. Do not forget to use the code KKP for 20% off everything in the store. We're also brought to you today by DesnudaTequila.com. Remember to use KKP for 15% off all purchases. Desnuda Organic Tequila is the cleanest, best tasting premium tequila on the market. Launched in January of 2022, Indianapolis-based co-founders Nick Bloom and Brian Eddings selfishly wanted a tequila that didn't leave them feeling terrible after a night of drinking in a spirit that fit into their health and wellness lifestyle. Out of necessity, they created Desnuda, which means naked. Their Blue Weber agave plants have been organically grown in Jalisco's Amatian region for seven years. Desnuda is certified USDA organic and GMO and additive free, meaning zero pesticides or herbicides for seven long years. Their domestic competitors grow for only three to four years, all the while using pesticides and herbicides. Zero sugar is added to Desnuda, giving their tequila a low, nearly non-existent glycemic index. Other tequilas on the market that do add sugar tend to yield larger profits at the expense of your nasty hangover the next day. Lastly, there are no additives like glycerin, food coloring, or sweeteners that give you the cleanest, true-to-form tequila just like they made it hundreds of years ago. Nick and Brian aren't just passionate about great tequila. They genuinely care about what they put into their bodies, just like so many of us, and believe there is a way to balance life with alcohol. So the next time you're out on the town, or looking for a tequila to share with friends, don't choose one of the many low-quality, high-additive spirits out there. Instead, drink clean, drink naked, and choose Desnuda Organic Tequila for your health and wellness journey. Order Desnuda at desnudatequila.com. That's D-E-S-N-U-D-A-T-E-Q-U-I-L-A.com and use KKP for 15% off all purchases. We're also brought to you today by my homies, magbreakthrough.com slash kingsboot. My homies at Bioptimizer. It's always with a long URL. Don't worry, you can one-click it in the show notes. Being a working professional is not for the faint of heart. There's a lot of stress involved in the daily grind, and if you're not careful, that stress can start to take a toll on your body, not only draining you of vital energy, but making you magnesium deficient. 
This deficiency can lead to higher levels of anxiety, irritability, trouble sleeping, and low energy. It can even contribute to muscle cramps. That's why I recommend you supplement with magnesium daily. You can experience a number of positive health benefits just from getting enough magnesium, including better sleep, more energy, healthy blood pressure, less irritability, stronger bones, reduced muscle cramping, and even fewer migraines. But to experience these health benefits, you have to get the right kinds of magnesium. There are actually seven unique forms of magnesium, and you must get all of them if you want to experience its calming, stress-relieving effects. That's why I only recommend Magnesium Breakthrough by Bioptimizers. It is the only organic, full-spectrum magnesium supplement that includes all seven forms of magnesium in one bottle. For an exclusive offer for my listeners, go to magbreakthrough.com slash kingsboo. That's M-A-G-B-R-E-A-K-T-H-R-O-U-G-H dot com slash K-A-N-G-S-B-U. In addition to the discount you'll get by using promo KINGSBOO, K-I-N-G-S-B-U, you can unlock special gifts with a purchase with retail values of at least 20 bucks. Limited time offer for my orders. This is a limited time offer for my listeners. For select orders, go to magbreakthrough.com slash KINGSBOO right now. Last but not least, we're brought to you by my homies at Paleo Valley. Paleovalley.com is one of my absolute favorite companies on the planet. They've been a longtime sponsor and they make the best snacks known to man. How do I know that? Because they work with some of the best in regenerative agriculture. And I had Austin Smith on, who is one of the co-founders on this very podcast, who really took a deep dive into regenerative agriculture, what they're all about, the farms that they help with, and really where her education is. She's writing a thesis right now on regenerative And she's a student, an understudy of Dr. Fred Provenza. Fred Provenza was on the Czech podcast, Living 4D. He wrote the book Nourishment, along with a couple other books, and he's coming on this podcast soon. All that to say, Paleo Valley is dialed the fuck in. They are about it. They are ensuring that we heal the soil, we heal the animals, we heal the humanity, and we do all the things in the best way possible, because if it's good for me, it's got to be good for everyone else. It's got to be good for the land, and it's got to be good for the totality. Paleo Valley pays attention to all of that. They make some of the very best snacks there are. Their beef sticks are 100% grass-fed and grass-finished. Many on the market claim grass-fed, but they're actually finished on shitty grains. They use beef only sourced from small domestic farms right here in the United States. They use real organic spices to flavor their beef sticks versus conventional spices, often sprayed with pesticides or natural flavors, often made from GMO corn. They ferment their sticks, which creates naturally occurring probiotics, which are great for gut health. This is really important if you're having dehydrated foods or snacks. If you load up on snacks and you start getting gassy and stomach discomfort and you got weird poop, that's not a good thing. doesn't matter what it says on the label. If you're not processing it well, that's a problem. The fact that they ferment their sticks makes it go down easier and come out on the back end easier, satisfying the poop police in the last <laughs> how to eat, move, and be healthy. Your, your poop cop looking at your poop lineup is going to be quite happy with anything you put in your body from paleo, paleovalley.com. So check it all out, P-A-L-E-O-V-A-L-L-E-Y.com. Discount code Kyle for 15% off everything in the store. Without further ado, my brother, Dr. Kevin Winters. Well, welcome, welcome to the farm. Welcome on the podcast, brother. Yeah, what, a, what a place. Really impressive. Enjoyed the, the whole tour and seeing all the plans you've got. Man, this is going to be a, just an incredible place for you. Yeah, I love it. Uh, anytime I get a chance to, to show people in the infancy, it's cool because it's uh, it's changing rapidly and it's kind of, we can picture where things are going to go and there's a, whatchamacallit, like a, some type of plant, uh, some type of director that's handling like all ideas that are going and he has this master map where everything is. Yeah. 
computer rendered. This is where this place is going to be. This is where this place is going to be. So it's pretty cool to look into that. But then uh, to see like the blank canvas and watch it come up, been pretty damn cool too. So yeah, just the awesome evolution of it, just yeah. from nothing to what it ends up being. I mean, it's got to be just fun along to be a part of the process. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's rad. And, and as I mentioned to you, it's it's kind of like being a dad in that, you know, you, you, you give birth to something, not that dads can give birth, but you're part of the birthing <laughs> process and uh, you got to keep it alive. You got to protect it, you know, and then it requires so much in its infancy. And then over time, it's kind of like, fuck off, dad, we don't need you anymore. Yeah, you know? yeah, <laughs> and yeah. hopefully that's the case and everyone's cool and, and it's self-sustained. But um, yeah, it's been, it's been really rad. You know, as we talked before the podcast, I really love getting background, you know, like talk about your life growing up. And it's interesting because it's not, we're going to talk about the procedure that I had, the why, all that good stuff. Yeah. Um, how I got to know you and, uh, and all that good stuff. But really, when I think of dentistry, I don't think of that as something where like as a kid, you know, firefighter, actor, whatever the things that I wanted to do when I was young, it wasn't putting my hands in people's mouths or yeah. even as though I loved my dentist, he was a fucking great guy. Um, what, what drew you into this field and what drew you on the path that led you, you know, in your own, able to carve out your own space within it? Yeah. Well, the, the whole growing up process for me was, in retrospect now, I guess kind of interesting. Um, moved around a bunch and um, my mom was in and out of different relationships and marriages. And, and so... You know, I was just, we were moving all the time. And some of the time I had the direction of, and, and guidance of my grandparents because they'd be in the same town uh, with us and kind of had that to fall back on. But uh, it was it was different because you'd be in one school for a while. Next thing you know, you're moving to another school. Next thing you know, you're, you know, it's, it was hard because the relationships that you have are affected. You know, you... You're always the new guy coming in, and, and you try to finally get some friends, and you've got to leave them. And so, for me, I kind of had two things that I that I fell back upon with that, and one was sports. Um, I was, you know, always good in different sports, and so that was one advantage that I had in moving. In that, whatever time of year it was, or whatever's going on sports wise, I I would fit in. I, I was successful and good at it. And so I had a group of friends just from, based off of that. And it was, made it a lot easier to to make those transitions. But then also academically, I was I was able to, to, to stay pretty good and make good grades and stuff like that. So um, as things went on, I ended up going to Kansas State and played football at Kansas State. But... I went in as kind of a pre-med, pre-health kind of major. I knew I wanted to do something healthcare-wise, but wasn't really sure. And so for me, my, my sophomore year is when I really decided the direction I wanted to go. And, and I chose dentistry based upon a couple of things that I thought were going to be important to me at the time. And one would be that I could be my own boss set my own schedule. I can work whenever I want to work, which would then give me more freedom to have uh, flexibility with my family and be able to do things with them. So 
I knew in medicine that pretty much is non-existent. You know, you're you're 24 uh, seven on call. You're with the hospital. You're doing all this these different things. And unless you're a plastic surgeon or something like that, you're not your own boss. You're you're directed by someone saying you do it this way, and that's just how it is. And I didn't want that. I I, I love the idea of having my own independence in that. And so, it wasn't that I wanted to have my hands in people's mouths all the time, but I, <laughs> I wanted the the result of doing that, I guess. So, uh, went down that road and got in dental school, did that th- whole thing in, in Kansas City, did an extra year of residency, um, getting some specialized training in a hospital in Louisville, Kentucky. And then after that, the goal was, and at this point, I was married and had two small, um, small kids, and so I wanted to come back Midwest, which is where I was comfortable, because growing up, it was Texas, Oklahoma, Kansas, kind of right in that area. And uh, so I wanted to come back to Midwest, find a, a nice little practice in a, in a smaller town to raise the family, but close to a larger town to be able to do things. And so I found a uh, practice in Claremore, Oklahoma, which is just outside of Tulsa. Okay. So Claremore is about 16,000 people. Um, it's not bad. It's kind of like Lockhart. Yeah, you know, and it was prototypical, small town, atmosphere. Everybody knows everybody. Um, Education at the time was was pretty solid, uh, or the school system, I mean. And uh, so I found this practice and and started there. And um, got into the realization that, you know, we've learned all this stuff about teeth and, and oral health and all these different things from dental school but really nothing about running a business. And so what I focused on intently for the first years of my, my career was, was learning business skills, learning practice management stuff, learning how to be an entrepreneur, learning how to not just do teeth, but to, to build what my vision was of, of having a, a practice that would support me in a way, my family in a way that um, would give me, you know, flexibility in life, you know, because I think that that plays such a role in everything is if you're just tied into one thing so intently that you, you, you can't have freedom, then, you know, that's exactly what I didn't want. So, um, yeah, I just kind of started down this road to create that and, and, um, was in Claremore for a long time, sold that practice and started uh, a new one in Tulsa and uh, was in, in Tulsa for quite a few years and then um, sold that practice and ended up in, in Austin now. So <laughs> that, that's kind of in, in uh, a nutshell, that's kind of how that all got me to where I'm at now. Yeah. Talk a bit about some of the, the not detours necessarily, but you know, there there are doctors that you go see at a, at a general practitioner's office and, and they might be able to see you for seven, eight minutes, whatever the, the runtime is now. And they're, you know, basically learning whatever new medications are out, that kind of stuff. They're also strapped for time. They're doing the best they can. Then there's other doctors that, you know, want to get a, a specialized in functional medicine or they want to take a deep dive into homeopathy or any of these other things where they say like, maybe this could be a way to differentiate myself, but also 
add to the continued and ongoing education of what it means to be a doctor. Talk about some of the, the, the additional things that you went through in dentistry to, to really see things differently than most. Well, you know, so I'm getting started in my practice uh, early 90s, mid 90s, along in there. And still at that time, um, you know, as far as doing a filling on a tooth or something like that, it was a, a, the traditional old silver mercury fillings, and that's what you did. Tooth-colored materials were, were introduced. They still were far less than, than 50% of the restorations that were being placed. Um, much of that dealt with the older mentality of this ability to bond to tooth structure couldn't work or, or didn't work. And so you just had to keep using the, the, the mercury fillings. I don't know about you, but the idea of having mercury in your system didn't make a lot of sense to me. But that's, you know, that's what's jammed down your throat. That's what, the, you know, the, 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 the educational process made you believe that this was okay. Unless you had enough to you to use your own common sense to say, no, wait, a minute, there's still mercury here. That, you know, and so from the very beginning, I had a problem with that. And in looking for ways to get away from that, I ran across uh, a guy who then became, you know, one of my most influential mentors throughout my career, um, a guy from Las Vegas named Bill Dickerson. And at the time, he was using a tooth-colored material instead of placing mercury fillings and was showing great success with it. And um, so I thought, you know, I need to go check this guy out. And so he happened to be doing a, a, a weekend in, I think it was Vail or somewhere. So get on the slopes a little bit, <laughs> do a little bit of learning, and so combine that. But uh, it, it's kind of crazy because you talk about pivotal moments in, in your career. There's still a slide that he showed that that's, I can see right now in my mind that showed a before and after of a tooth that had this normal mercury filling in it and then one that had this tooth color material in it. And just the difference of, it's like, wow, one looks like a tooth. One looks like it, it's, it's never had anything done to it. And then one looks like just this mercury filling. And I, I thought both from an obvious aesthetic standpoint, from a functional standpoint of the strength of the tooth, from a, a health standpoint of, of not having mercury, I said, I, I've got to do this. This is, this is something that just makes sense. And so I started learning more and more about that kind of thing. That then led to um, some additional courses that he was doing um, based on, uh, on aesthetics, you know, doing veneers on teeth to help smiles and stuff. And so he and, and a, a, a doctor in New York um, were doing a combined uh, course at Baylor uh, Dental School in Dallas. And so after I had done this initial stuff as far as the tooth-colored fillings and all that kind of, uh, of restoration, I took these courses. And for me, when I first took them, it was in a combined with this 
picture that I still had in my head. It's like the light bulb just went off. It was like, okay, I, I found, I found what I'm here to do. And so, so learning as much as I could from, from uh, about aesthetics and and size and dimensions and proportionality and different things like that. I just, I went to every course across America I could to learn this stuff and did hands-on courses and live patient courses. And, and when I got through pretty much everything that was there was about the time that uh, Bill was starting um, programs in his, in his office in Las Vegas, which then led to him building a facility that uh, has turned into what we call uh, LVI. It's Las Vegas Institute for Advanced uh, Dentistry. And it started off as a way to teach dentists how to do cosmetic stuff, how to do veneers and things like that, and now has evolved into a uh, full range of courses from, um, you know, filling, tooth-colored filling materials and, and, and the science with that and, and different bonding materials, all the way to completely restoring a person's mouth that has incredible TMJ issues and um, how you get to that point. It's, there's also courses for dental hygienists. There's courses for um, uh, sleep apnea and, and sleep breathing disorders. There's courses about practice management. I mean, it's turned into a full-scale thing. Where now, since the the, the late '90s when this started, uh, I think the last numbers that I saw, we've we've uh, had over 10,000 doctors from 52 different countries across the world come in to learn this stuff. And I've been a part of these courses from the very beginning as as an instructor. That now has evolved into. Bill kind of uh, semi-retiring, especially from the lecture part of it. Myself and a couple other doctors have taken over all the lectures for these courses. So I'm at a position right now where in my practice, I'm, I'm pretty much just doing cosmetic and TMJ type of dentistry and then kind of running the lecture portion uh, of a lot of the courses uh, at LVI. And all of those things are, are things that I never would have dreamed when I started my practice in 16,000 population in Claremore, Oklahoma, I would have ever been doing because I just wanted to be, you know, have a good little general practice and raise the family. So <laughs> it, uh, it's been interesting to see how this whole thing has evolved over time. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty incredible. Um, some of the things, you know, I had a, I had a uh, Aubrey and I run Fit for Service, you, you're uh, I think I don't think we, what is that called HIPAA? I think I can say Harvey's <laughs> yeah. a client of yours. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> alongside me, as I found out about you guys through Alvin Bay, and um, one of our members in Fit for Service was was looking at my jaw. And it was before we started working together, and this is the first thing she said. She's like, "I can see where you're biting. I can see how how it's not landing." And I explained that I had the broken jaw, you know, back on my 18th birthday, and how I couldn't wear my retainer since then, and that shifted a whole lot of things, and and downstream led to some injuries and, and a whole bunch of other shit. Um, I think she, she was in Oklahoma or something like that. But anyway, she had done, she basically gone to school with, and I didn't know this until later. I was like, oh, I'm seeing a guy that's actually saying the same things. And he actually trained with the guy that can't be more than one dude in Vegas that knows all this shit. And she's like, I know Kevin, we, 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 uh, we, we, we train together, we teach together. So that was really cool. It was a nice little head nod. Cause you always want a second opinion, you of know, course, but, yeah. but like, it was like really cool to, because there was no, it was such an honest 
thing of like, hey, you don't have to go through me, but this is something you need to look into. And these are the people that I trained under. And then, oh, you're with Kevin? Awesome. You know, so it was really like, all right, cool. We're in a good spot. Talk about some of the educational pieces. You know, when we were growing up, it was like, you got fucked up teeth, go see the orthodontist. There was no real understanding of why it happens. A lot of people would paint, you know, it seems to me (laughs) in large part that if you can't figure out what the root cause is, you just say it's genetic. You know, like if we can't, if we don't have it figured out, it's just a genetic thing. You know, it runs in your DNA. It's in your genes. It's in your family. That's why you got fucked up teeth. Um, Looking into the work of Weston A. Price and, you know, even like studies like Pottinger's cats, different things like that. We can see that food and and other things actually play a a much more pivotal role in mouth development. Um, There's the book Breathe by James Nestor, the book Oxygen Advantage by Patrick McCown. And we'll talk airway in in a bit, but um, just in, in... in your understanding from what you were taught in school to where you're at now, talk about some of the differences in, in how people get fucked up teeth to begin with and what are some of the major issues that come with that? You've opened up the true rabbit hole here because this, this can get, get pretty deep. Um, you know, honestly, there's not probably anything I can think of that I do in dentistry now that I was taught in dental school. It's all come from, from postgraduate different realms of education, whether I'm learning it on my own, whether I'm taking classes, whatever. But, you know, and, and it's probably the same in, in, in medicine as well. But, you know, the, the dental school has a job, and that is to graduate the people who are in dental school. Because if they graduate their people, then they get more funding from the state, from, you know, different different uh, grants or whatever to, to run the schools. When they don't graduate people, then, you know, that, that funding is affected. So the graduation rate needs to be high. In order to, to keep the graduation rate high, they need to teach a very specific set of educational things that, you know, they can, they can predictably have people pass. Now, what you know afterwards is that all the stuff that you just learned basically was just, I mean, it, it was enough to get you a diploma. Now go out and learn how to be a dentist. Now, some people do and some people don't. Most continue to do the same old stuff that they that they were learned or, or taught, I mean. So the, the idea of what I learned what I, versus what I'm doing now is, is completely different. And when we talk about this idea of genetics or what's, you know, why things are happening, there, it just doesn't happen for, for any reason. There's always a cause. And whether it be medicine, dentistry, whatever, it's more uh, of a, you know, it's, it's a patchic kind of thing. You got a problem, here's how we fix the problem. Not, why do you have the problem? You know, so as, as, as my practice has evolved, it's gone into more of a focus on why are these things happening? So, you know, why are people's teeth crooked and, and, and why are the jaw uh, issues occur? Like most things, it all goes back to when you were a kid. And, you know, from, from you know, just coming out of the womb, there's already issues that you can identify. Uh, primarily one being um, issues with with lip and tongue ties and and how that affects nursing. Um, 
I've got two small grandchildren right now, and both within the first couple of weeks of their life had lip and tongue ties released. And and the goal there is to the the immediate goal is to obviously uh, improve the ability to nurse. But what it does long term in their growth is allows the tongue to to do what it's supposed to do, and that is sit in the roof of the mouth and act as a stimulus for growth of the upper jaw to 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 be broad and wide and and develop the face. And when particular the tongue is tied, that is, and so the little the little connection underneath your tongue, that if you raise your tongue up, you see that little stringy thing there. That's the the tie we're talking about. If that's tight and limits the ability of the tongue to do what it's supposed to do, then the formation of the upper jaw isn't what it should be. So then you end up having adults that instead of having this broad U-shaped upper jaw, have these skinny vaulted uh, upper jaws, longer faces because the tongue is sitting down and not up where it should be. That then leads to all kinds of, of breathing issues um, typically the jaw will be set back as well. So that, that, that creates a, 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 a very ripe, if you want to say, <laughs> opportunity a, for TM, storm. <laughs> TMJ issues to come in. And it's just one thing after another, after another. And it's all connected, although the average person is not going to see that, uh, that, that connection off the, off the top there. But um, something as simple as just having your tongue in the right place from an early age um, creates the it's the impetus for everything to follow as an adult. You know, one of the the immediate problems as as, as kids run into from um, tongue issues and breathing issues, um, I feel is probably one of the the, the main contributing factors that's left undiagnosed in these kids that the, the, the increase of ADHD uh, diagnosis in, in children, I think can in many time, many cases go back to the fact that the kids just aren't sleeping. Why aren't they sleeping? Because they can't breathe. Why can't they breathe? Well, you bring in food allergies, you bring, bring in environmental allergies, you bring into uh, um, tongue issue, you know, uh, uh, anatomical issues. Um, with allergies, then the nasal turbinates increase. And, and so that cuts down airflow through through the nose. And so if the, you can't breathe through your nose, you breathe through your mouth. If you breathe through your mouth, then the tongue isn't in the roof of your mouth where it should be to form the growth. And it, it, it just, it never stops. So early recognition of these problems um, with allergies, and you see a kid that you know, goes around and, and, and the mouth, the lips aren't together. They're kind of just sitting there. A lot of times you'll see what we call black shiners underneath the eye. Um, you've got uh, kind of a red uh, end of the nose from nasal drainage and rubbing their nose. Many times the tip of the nose will kind of be turned up in an effort for the body to try to get more air into it. But all these are signs that are sitting right in front of the, the pediatrician, the, the, the dentist who might have some training in this, but it, it just doesn't get addressed. Instead, it's, you know, take this pill or... You know, Flonase, whatever the thing is. Take some Flonase yeah. and, 
things like that. But um, that's what I was saying. This is a whole rabbit hole thing because there's so much involved with with the problems that we're dealing with for adults and then looking back to why are we dealing with these problems? So it, uh, it, it takes it takes a little outside of the box thinking for the practitioner to, to stop worrying about what's this insurance company going to pay me for my time and, and, and doing what you're supposed to be doing, which is treating and helping and diagnosing your patients with this problem that they have and providing the kind of treatment and service that you would want for yourself or your family, not what is insurance company going to pay for something or not pay for something. So I'm not even going to do it. So, Yeah, that's a big one. I mean, that <laughs> it, it could be a whole podcast in and of itself. And it actually already is. My buddy Brigham Bueller, who started Ways to Well, they're a telemedicine company here based in Texas. Uh, he went on Rogan's recently. I'll link to it in the show notes. And for whatever reason, Rogan just sat back and let him talk for three hours. And he fucking, he's worked in every facet of medicine, uh, in insurance, you know, he's been on both sides of the coin then. Right. And, um, yeah, he really, he really details that. And it is, it is a major issue, um, in terms of what, what type of services are being provided based on what is financially available or what, 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 what is, you know, what is the most likely to be reimbursed or what's going to be the biggest hassle on the back end? Like that is, yeah, you know, people have this idea that in, in health insurance, dental insurance, whatever, that my insurance is there to help me. Insurance is not there to help you. The insurance is to not pay claims so they can have bigger buildings and pay their 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 CEOs that much more and their stockholders that much more. They are a for-profit business. And the way you make profits is to not pay for claims. So there's this whole game of, you know, trying to work the system in different ways just to get some reimbursement on the doctor's end to, you know, pay for procedures, pay for time. But it's, and it's always a battle. And it's one that ultimately the patients end up losing because of, of the limitations that the health companies or health insurance companies set in, in, in store. And, you know, you just, no matter how obvious a situation may be, if it doesn't set somewhere in the guidelines that the insurance company has set, you know, for that procedure to fix it, they're not going to pay for it, no matter what. You know, you could have a tooth that's broken in half, and if there's some little clause somewhere that says, hey, we don't, we're not going to pay for this, we're going to pay for a mercury filling instead, we're going to pay for, or we're not going to pay at all. And the same thing in healthcare, if it's, you know, your blood pressure is going crazy and here's a reason, but we're, we don't pay for that reason, they're not going to pay for it. You know, so their bottom line, um, you know, is better for the stockholders. They make more money. But some of that too is that I think patients in general, my, you know, I'm a patient, I have healthcare insurance, but we just have been taught that our health insurance is going to take care of us. And instead it should be, I, I think should be thought of as more of, it's there to help us in, you know, in more catastrophic situations. You know, you've got huge... Uh, you know, you're in a car wreck or something and your body gets jacked and, and you've got all these things. You've got cancer. You've got things like that. Not that you've got a runny nose and, you know, you need something to pay uh, for your runny nose. So it should be more of a thing to help with bigger things, not to take care of every little thing. Yeah. 
Well, yeah, and, you know, uh, Dr. Bruce Lipton really talks about that from an early, early age when we're most impressionable. Anytime we get sick, most moms, you know, unless you have uh, multi-generational homes where there's still some, some local family medicine practices through plant medicine or, or otherwise, where they're like, oh, this is how we remedy these normal childhood illnesses. When that's lost, anytime you get sick, mom brings you to the dude in the white lab coat. And it happens from the first person that pulls you out of the womb at every time you get sick. And so naturally, at a certain point in time, when you're, you know, you're off college or after, and it's like, oh, I'm, I'm feeling run down. I better go see the one person that can fix me. There's no thought of, A, how did this happen? B, what was I doing that maybe created the, the correct environment for this to take place? C, why does it keep happening? You know, because it's usually not something, it's usually not something that's a one-off. I mean, I always, uh, having a lot of these issues that you're talking about, airway issues, uh, I always would sinus infections. You know, and the remedy for that was more antibiotics. You know, there's never a look at tongue. There was never a look at, am I, am I a mouth breather? Probably was. Um, lots of things, snored, you know, for a very long time. So those are all, all super important boxes to check that not a lot of people know. And I'm, I'm most excited to have you on the second we started working together, because this is something that I've learned about maybe five or 10 years ago, you know, but not to the degree and in, in, in since I've been working with you, but just the importance of that, you know, early on with Mercury, I forget the, the, was it called, uh, smoking, smoking glass or smoking smoking teeth something like that yeah. there's that documentary yeah, where yeah, it showed yeah. you know that they could show like what the, the, the mercury just leaching right. from a from a cup of coffee touching it yeah you know like just vapor going into your yeah. mouth right into your brain yeah um so i saw those things early on you know i was getting into the health and wellness game um and that alone is pivotal right that's like a big that's a big deal but really getting to the root cause of things has been something that's been so fascinating for me, especially having kids and not wanting them to go through the same shit that I did. You know, like, all right, give them all organic food, give them some different things, get them to bed on time. What else, you know, what else are we missing here? And, um, you know, really it's been in The Oxygen Advantage and Breathe, some of these other books where they, they, they talk about this picture of tongue to the roof of the mouth, helping with formation, taping your mouth even if you need to and right when you said like hey man i don't know if you'd be interested in this you're like fuck yeah dude i've tried this before it's great you know yeah <laughs> yeah talk about some of these some of these remedies and and um you know if there's any other stone that we haven't really uncovered in in this whole health picture right because what you're doing applies it's very much a, it needs to be a part of the conversation in health and wellness as a whole right otherwise it's just you know more mask it more change it more flones you know yeah yeah, yeah. well let's start it this way. I mean, the whole impetus for us to exist is we, we got to breathe. You know, one way or another, you're going to breathe. Now, we were built to breathe through our noses, and there's huge advantages to nasal breathing. You know, the primary one would be the, the formation of what's called nitric oxide. Okay, I know you're familiar with that. But nitric oxide is a tremendously powerful and effective component within our bodies that if you don't have has very negative effects but if you do have has extremely positive effects and nasal breathing there's there's receptors at the inside your nose that trigger the formation and release of nitric oxide now you can breathe through your mouth you get no response from that so huge difference right there another has to do with one of the hormones that regulates weight loss, okay? If you're breathing through your mouth, again, this, this hormone is not 
triggered the way it is. And so one of the things that we typically see in patients that have sleep breathing disorders would be that there is some uh, amount of overweight uh, involved with it, larger necks where we store a lot of fat in our necks, and um, the, the inability really to kind of create a more healthy system um, is affected just from that. So if we can't breathe through your nose, why can't we breathe through your nose? Well, there's the thing in the middle of your nose called the septum. And many times the, the septum is crooked. Uh, in, in my office, we have a, uh, a head and neck CAT scan that we uh, are able to three-dimensionally go inside the head and look at everything from the shoulders up. And so now there's no more guesswork just trying to look from the outside. We can see structurally what's going on inside. I mean, see so many deviated septums. On the side of the septums are areas called turbinates. Turbinates are, uh, are natural uh, components within your nose that can be affected primarily by allergies. And when they are, they, they enlarge. So if you've got a crooked septum, you've got enlarged turbinates, what you've essentially done is, is dramatically reduced the ability to, for air to flow through your nose. It just cuts down that, that volume tremendously. So if I can't breathe through my nose, then I've got to breathe through my mouth. And that's kind of where a lot of this gets thrown off. So um, I'm going to work with an a ENT here in town that does a lot of uh, procedures uh, and it's typically just in the office. It's not much recovery to it at all of correcting deviated septums and doing what's called a turbinate reduction. So essentially, we're we're increasing that airflow ability to go through your nose, so you can you can have the proper oral posture of lips together, teeth apart, tongue in the roof of your mouth, breathe through your nose. When that happens, and can we go back to, is there a tongue tie? Because your tongue has to be in the roof of your mouth. So that's part of the, that overall diagnosis as well. But if you can get into the proper oral posture, that's kind of like the, the, the groundwork for everything else to be built upon. Now, if you can't breathe through your nose and you can do some of the other things, or you can't get your tongue in the roof of your mouth, but, but you can do some of the other things, until all of those parameters are met, there's going to be compromises somewhere. So maybe in a process of, of helping someone um, feel better um, with, with their TMJ-type issues, then maybe you only get 50% better or 60% better or something like that because there's still things that haven't been addressed. And one thing I talk about when with my patients all the time is, hey, I, I can do certain things, but this isn't just about me. I've got a team of, uh, of people that have different pieces of the pie that all of them have to be addressed if you want to get to this uh, this position out here somewhere where you think you're going to feel better. So if you do part of it, you'll get partly better. If you if you do all of it, there's a good chance that we can address all of these issues that that you brought to me here, but I need your input, I need your your homework to do the things that we're talking about. So you know, when, when we talk or I uh, mentioned the, the ear, nose, and throat doctor I work with, there's uh, certain physical therapists that we work with that do certain things. There's what's called a myofunctional therapist, which is a tongue specialist 
I mean, who knew that even existed, right? <laughs> but, and, and this lady is awesome. She's like the, the tongue goddess. She, she's so enthusiastic about tongues. It's, it's, just, it's pretty funny. <laughs> but she's really good. But, uh, I mean, no one ever thinks about your tongue, but this lady goes through a process of teaching you what your tongue should do, what it shouldn't be doing, and how that affects, um, you know, or, or, or the benefits that you get from it. and the, Make the you pro- better in the bedroom, probably. <laughs> That's possibly true, too, <laughs> especially getting the tongue released, I guess. <laughs> but, um, you know, it's, 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 it's not just a, a, a one of solution. There's just all these different things. But, but it all goes back to you've, it, you, you can't diagnose this. You can't diagnose the problem if you don't know what the problems can be. You know, if, if I can't see these different things, if, if my education doesn't, isn't broad enough to understand that, you know, the ringing in, in ear congestion, ringing in, in the ears could be related to your jaw. Now, how, did, how does that even work? Well, there's a whole process where that's a very common problem with TMJ type of, uh, of symptoms. And the connection there is once you once you know it, it it's it's very obvious, but you would never think of it unless you had that kind of training. What does the the position of my head in relationship to the rest of my body had to do with my jaw? You know, how can my bite be off, but there's a re- a reflection of that in my hips? You know, how does it just sounds crazy until you start to put all these pieces together and, and learn the connection with them. And, and that's sometimes hard for, or for patients. Um, initially, they may be a little skeptical about how that all works, but as they kind of go through our process and, and, and learn more and more about it, it be, begins to be very obvious, especially when they start seeing improvements after going through the treatment. You know, neck, n- neck issues and jaw issues, uh, I mean, Anyone who has a TMJ issue, I, I guarantee you have neck issues as well. Um, you know, another common one is headaches. You know, headaches are so profound. And, and you know, migraines, regular regular headaches, whatever those are. Um, and, and the result is here, take Imitrex, take these different medications where I can tell you if you can support your jaw in a relaxed muscular position and have your neck and, and head position aligned where it should be, I can pretty much guarantee you the majority, if not all of your headaches will go away. No pills involved. You know, it's, it's the complete antithesis of what the modern approach is. Take this pill, you'll be better. Well, instead of that, why don't we step back and look at things from a structural standpoint and understand why this is happening? I mean, it's not genetic. It's not just because it's, it just is. There's always a reason for it. So, you know, my job in this is, is to try to figure out what the, those causes are and then affect or, or have effects upon the structural issues that then allow fixing the jaw part of it or fixing the teeth if there's in, things involved there really becomes pretty simple at that point. But I can do that without the other. I can fix, you know, try to fix jaw position and, and, and the bite and how that all works. But unless I address these other structural issues, the result's never going to be the same. 
So um, it, it's it's very involved um, and, and it has so much not to do with just teeth. I mean, yeah. the, the, the teeth for me, the teeth are the easy part. It's addressing all this other stuff that really makes a difference. I'm sure once you've, you've done the scan and you start looking in there and, and uh, it's kind of like you, just, you get to see the, the puzzle pieces all start to fit in, in the order that they start to fit. And I imagine teeth for you is just the, such a, a gimme at that point once we've addressed all these other things and looked at them in the way they need to be looked at. Yeah, you know, with, with the tooth stuff, at this point, I can pretty much close my eyes and work on the teeth. It, it, that's, that's the easy part. But, you know, where those teeth fit together and, and where the jaw position is and, 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 and how is the nasal breathing and, and how is the head position on, on top of the spine and those type of things, that's the part that really takes coordination and thinking and, and figuring out how this plan goes together. Um, and, and that's the part, too, that, that really only comes from additional training outside of dental school, outside of traditional dentistry, because it's not there. You know, it has to be through, um, well, like through the, the education courses at, at LVI and outside sources like that. That's the only place dentistry can advance. It, it's not through organized dentistry, organized education. That's probably the same with, with a lot of things. The the forward thinkers, the, the the people that are always out on the cutting edge aren't necessarily in the schools teaching the students this kind of stuff. They're out you know, trying to help their patients, trying to help other dentists understand the, the, these advances that are going on. And so, you know, you just got to have your eyes open to and, and, and the, become maybe somewhat humble of your past to have that desire to keep learning and, and keep, keep growing and not just depending upon the same old thing, the same old way. Uh, and I think that's one thing that, that I've always done is, is just have this open mind upon, you know, I know some things, but I don't know everything, and, and, but I want to get there. You know, I, I want to have the ability to help my patients get through some of these things. You know, early in my career, I swore I would never, ever work on people that had TMJ problems because they're all crazy. <laughs> it's true. I've got some family members with TMJ. I will. I will. Yeah, they're all freaking nuts. They've got all these complaints, and I can't fix them. Well, why can't I fix them? I, well, number one, dental school. I didn't learn anything about TMJ. I mean, just very basic, rudimentary stuff, which is the the the, the case with the majority of dentists. They just don't know anything about it, but. Because of that, it's not, you look at it like, well, it's not me, it's them. The patients are crazy. They're just nuts. Send them to the shrink and let, you know, let those guys handle it. But then when you start to learn this stuff, you realize that, you know, if you walk around for days and weeks and months and years in pain, you're going to be freaking crazy. You're going to be living in a, in a world that, you know, it, it, it just wears you down. I've got two patients right now in my practice that, and, and this isn't uncommon, you know, how far these two went was unfortunately more than, than the normal. But many times, 
TMJ kind of patients will will come in and they've been to this guy and that guy and another one and another one and, and no one can help them. And they they've they've got different appliances that have been made. They've got different medications they've been on. Nothing works, or it works a little bit and then it doesn't work. You know, the, there's just no relief. And so they just start to kind of slowly spiral down and down, and they get to a point where they're getting kind of crazy, and they're getting a little desperate. But these two uh, patients right now in particular that I'm talking of, um, I find out a little bit into treatment, and after we're starting to get um, some symptom relief and pain relief, and they're feeling better, and they're seeing some light at the end of the tunnel— um, they both had discussions with me that if this didn't work this time, then they were going to commit suicide. And I mean, that's, that, that, that's powerful that, and, and the ability because, you know, if you're in certain aspects of medicine, you're dealing with life and death, maybe more frequently. And, and I don't want to, um, overstate this, but I think to be in that world, you have to kind of compartmentalize things. And otherwise, it's going to have such a draining effect upon you. But, you know, to think as a dentist, you're dealing with life and death, that just, that's not on the playing field anywhere. You don't do that until you get into this kind of stuff. But to realize that, you know, some things I'm doing to help these people may have actually saved their life, that gives you a a whole different perspective on, on, on what you're doing and the importance of me continuing to learn more about this TMJ world that, that I'm so involved in now that I used to think I'd never be a part of. But, um, I mean, that's huge to, to, to think that the how this how these appointments went, you know, if if I didn't do something right and they didn't get better, there's a good chance that these people are dead now. I mean, one of them told, uh, who happens to be a a nurse, she said, I'd already planned it out. I knew where the drugs were. I knew where the people were going to be at a certain time on my shift. I I had my plans. I mean, that's... That's yeah. I mean, it was that close. So um, I can't remember why I got started off on on that tangent, but um, it's just dealing with pain takes people to places you you'd never think possible unless you've been there. You know. Yeah, I've had a significant amount of injuries in my career and different things like that. It's the chronic shit that weighs on you the most because it's like a five pound vest that you have on every single day. And then one day it's a 10 pound vest. One day it's a 20 pound vest. And, um, you know, even working with, uh, with my buddy, Alex Rubchinsky, who was a Czech professional, but on the podcast, he's come through your spot a couple of times. Um, you know, he was, when we first started really talking about this, cause it's, you know, to do everything that I did with you, it's a fucking big chunk of change. You know, it's not, it's, it's a lot. Um, and I was basically breaking this down, you know, hey, if I do it a certain route, if I go a different route, um, there's lesser things we can do and see how that works. And he's like, listen, until you fix your bite, you're going to run up against these neck issues. It's like, I can massage you every fucking week, I can massage you every day, but you're going to need that the rest of your life until you fix this. And um, 
you know, Paul Check, one of our mentors, always talked about that. If you're if you had a, a, a leg that was an inch shorter than another leg, you multiply that by 10,000 steps a day. Now you decide to go for a run and you're getting 30,000 steps in that day or you decide to squat with weight on it. You're, you're changing these dynamics, which is increasing this, this imbalance that you have that's coming from the ground up. And when we're talking about teeth, that's the same, same nervous system, but it's from the top down. So it has that big of an influence and you get into you know, talking a lot about holistic care here. Uh, when I broke my jaw, they put a steel plate in and my right tricep stopped being able to flex. It actually went down. I had to get acupuncture to bring it back online just because it was covering a nerve. And, um, you know, so as you're explaining this, you know, based on where my jaw set after having it wired shut for six weeks, that changed the shape of my fucking head. You yeah. know, like if you, I yeah. told you that right when I got yeah. with you, I was yeah. like, look yeah. at my fucking forehead, man. <laughs> One side's larger than the other yeah. because this whole right side of my face is chewing Twice as hard, three times as hard, who knows? It's doing all the work, you know, for 21 years, right? So that 10,000 steps a day from chewing for 21 years, it's going to have consequences. And I think that's, that's what for me made it a no-brainer was just the understanding that there is a way where we can, we can actually get to the root cause and make it better. But if, if, if we don't go that route, it's just going to be, you know, trying to make up and mask, you know, and different things where even if I'm not masking, it's massaged yeah, no, up there's, it there's up going to be compromises. There's yeah. going to be compromises. You know, an analogy I use a lot with, with my patients is, you know, you, you take your head and say it's a, you know, it's a bowling ball. It's 10, 12 pounds. It, it's a bowling ball. You take a bowling ball and you hold it in your hand close to your body, 10, 12 pound bowling ball. You can, you can hold it pretty good. As you begin to take the bowling ball away from your body, and stick your arm out a little bit, it gets a little bit heavier. And so you have to brace your body differently to hold it there. Now let's take it out a little bit more. Now it's not, it's still 10 pounds, but it's exponentially increasing in weight because of the, the action of the lever distance between the body and, and where the weight is. So now your body has to really adjust to hold that further. So you take the same comparison in, in the position of your head and how it's aligned on your spine. If you have forward head posture, what has to happen to keep your head from just falling forward. Well, the muscles in the back of your neck and your traps and all this have to contract to keep your head from falling completely forward. When that happens and you have these muscles that are constantly working and never get a chance to, to relax and, 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 and rejuvenate themselves, you know, you've got muscles under chronic tension, there's going to be results of that. Pain, tightness, stiffness, lack of mobility. and when, when, when that occurs, then you also have cascading down from that different changes in spinal alignment, hip alignment, all this kind of stuff. So you, the, the, the thing that becomes so apparent in this is that different pieces or different areas of the body are not separate from each other. The, this whole everything's connected idea is really, really true. There, I just thought of something that is really pretty cool, and, and people can can Google this. It's all over YouTube. But there's a uh, a guy in California. His last name's Zoggy, who is a big tongue guy. He's a he's a ENT that works a lot on on breathing and 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 tongue position, all this kind of stuff. But he he does a lot with tongue tie releases, and. The thing that is crazy about all this is that the, 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 the muscle connection under the tongue is part of what's called fascia. 
Okay, so fascia goes down throughout your body. You can think of it kind of like a, it's a spider web that kind of fits around all your, your, your muscles and your, everything inside your body and holds things together. So this fascia um, has an effect in your body connected to your tongue in, in this manner. So he's got videos of his patients that are, you know, live commentary from, coming from the patient as he's doing this tongue release. And the common thing that, that we see is that immediately after the procedure's done, all of a sudden the patients say, oh, it feels like my shoulders have just loosened up and my chest is opening up. You know, that there's things are happening down in, in, in my torso here that I've never felt that before. It's like things aren't so tight and constricted anymore. There's one guy that as he's laying in the chair there, his foot has a natural tendency to kind of lean out. And that's just how it is. He can't keep his foot straight. It just, it doesn't go there. It just leans out. As soon as this procedure is over, he looks down and his foot's straight up. Well. <laughs> so how does doing something underneath your tongue affect your foot? I mean, it's crazy when you think about it, but also a great illustration of, of the interconnectivity of, of different areas of your body this way. And so when you take that and think, well, tongue and head posture and neck and jaw and teeth and all this kind of stuff, you know, if you think about it, it's easy to see now how that's interconnected. You know, you're talking about your, your tricep not working um, because of the impingement of a nerve around your jaw. Well, one of the questions that we always ask is, does a patient have any numbness or tingling in their hands and fingers? Okay, well, what does that have to do with my teeth and my jaw? Well, in your neck, there's an, an area here that the scalene muscles go around called the pterygoid plexus. The pterygoid plexus is a nerve center. And nerves that run through that go down your arm to your hands and fingers. Well, if you've got these muscles that are, are in, in constant constriction around this nerve center, it affects the ability for that nerve to transmit right. Next thing you know, numbness and tingling in your hands and fingers. You correct head posture. You correct jaw position. The muscles relax. Next thing you know, numbness and tingling is gone. There's just some crazy stuff like that that, that makes this kind of fun to, to deal with. And especially when you see the light kind of go on with, with the patients and like, okay, this guy sounds a little nuts, but let's try it. And then it's actually working. <laughs> It's like, oh, okay, I get it now. I, I can see how this is all fitting together. But it, uh, yeah, you know, it, it beats beats uh, doing fillings in people's teeth, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. Well, I, I, I love the fact that not only do I get to work with you, but uh, I get to continue my education learning people like you. And it's really something that I, I feel blessed with via the podcast and knowing really cool fucking people that help introduce me to other really cool fucking people. Yeah. And that's always been such a blessing that I count. Um, I really appreciate what you're doing. I appreciate the work that you've done for me. Uh, my neck pain is gone. You know, I had my neck broken in 2012 in a scooter accident. Uh, I've been kicked in the head, punched in the head many, many times. Yeah, a couple you know, times, some right? Serious chronic, chronic neck stuff. Yeah. And um, I remember in just working with the nighttime appliance, bringing my jaw down and forward, going back to see you. And I was like, oh, it was the first time I was able to, in my whole life that I could sleep on my back without, yeah, without being a side sleeper. You know, my so, whole fucking life, you know, 40 and, years. And how crazy is that, that 
you know, you just put this little thing in your mouth and then you, you see that kind of almost immediate response. I mean, for you, it had to be like, wow, this is, this is pretty cool stuff. I mean, to, to fight that, that problem all your life, like you said, and then next thing you know, it's like, it's gone. It's better. It's fixed. You know, it's, it, uh, it's kind of eye-opening, I think, for, for a lot of people to go through that themselves. Yeah. I, the thing that I love about it is, is it is visceral, right? Like, there's certain things, um, you know, I remember talking with you about gum loss is, is bone loss. And that's a big issue. It's a bigger issue or just as big as the, as the gum loss themselves. And a lot of that can be from improper bite contact starting to make that bone go away. That was like, fuck, that's, that's a big one. Yeah, that, that's so big. And, and, and within dentistry, it's, <laughs> oh man, th- this just gets me going. But within dentistry, there's still a fight as to this thing called an ab fraction. So what's an ab fraction? Ab fraction, and a lot of, a lot of people will have this if they check. If you go to kind of the edge of where the tooth and the gum meets, and it's typically on side teeth, you might find a little groove there, a little notch that's developed. And then some people, it's a huge freaking notch. I mean, it's a, it's like a chunk of the tooth is gone. Um, but you could have a, a tooth that has that and the tooth right next to it not have anything. It's a perfectly normal tooth. So what I was taught in dental school and is still a very per- pervasive thought process about that problem is if you see this in your patients, tell them to quit brushing their teeth so hard. <laughs> I mean, what does that even mean? You, you have this thing with that one tooth that you're going to take your toothbrush and scrub that tooth so hard that you're going to remove the hardest substance in the human body with your toothbrush, but not affect the tooth next to it. And how does that work? It's, 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 it's just asinine to think that that's even a concept. But it's still, I don't know numbers. I don't know percentages, but a, a big number of dentists still think that that's the problem. Specialists, periodontists, gum specialists, many of them say that bite has nothing to do with ab fractions, with, with bone loss, with anything about that. They, they just, they, their mind is so focused on just the, the traditional teaching that they can't expand out from that. But the reason that those things happen, the, the ab fractions, the, the, the bone loss that occurs around teeth from bite forces, is that if the jaw position is such that forces are created that, that don't transmit through the tooth the way that they're designed to, the tooth will actually flex a little bit. So this gets into you know, engineering and physics and stuff that, that people a lot smarter than me understand better. But basically, you know, the teeth were made to receive and give forces down kind of the long axis of the tooth. But if that's off for whatever reason, the tooth flexes and the enamel coating on the tooth gets thinner as it goes to the gum. And so the enamel starts to flake off. So you get enough enamel that flakes off and that's how those little grooves develop. You can take that, that same tooth that is having those problems and change the bite force on top of it and won't progress at all. But on top of that, too, you can have the, the, the more visible abfraction problems, but you also can have bone loss around the teeth as well. And so 
typically, um, patients will many times understand what gum recession is. So you have receding gums, the gum is pulling down from the tooth. Well, what they don't also realize is that there's bone underneath that gum. And so if you see gum recession, what you don't see is bone recession because the gum and the bone stay in this kind of this constant relationship. So if gum's down, bone has to be down. Well, I can go to a periodontist, a gum specialist, and, and, and have some gum grafting done to give me more gum tissue, but I can't grow the bone back. So once you lose bone, ultimately the, the end result of bone loss is tooth loss. And you can lose enough bone and lose teeth strictly from bite forces. It doesn't have to be from active gum disease where you lose bone. And, and the tissue itself can be perfectly healthy. It's, so it's not a disease pattern. It's strictly a force response pattern. But um, those are some of the, 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 the less obvious signs that there's a bite issue um, with, with, with TMJ patients and, and stuff. And, and one of the early signs that we use to kind of help diagnose this because it is obvious you can start to talk about it with patients. You can take a picture, show it to them. When you combine that with the fact that teeth are showing where, you know, teeth, especially back teeth, there's lots of peaks and valleys and stuff. And, and many times the peaks are, are flat. You know, well, how did that happen? Well, I, I don't know. You know, they, they have no idea many times. Well, we know that unless you had some sandpaper back there and just grinding your own teeth off, that <laughs> you know, something caused this. So, you know, the the tooth grinding, clenching um, becomes a discussion. You combine that with bone loss, with ab fractions. Now you look at CTs and you look at um, enlarged turbinates inside the nose and you look at the joint position um, uh, there in front of the ear and different things that are going on. You start to, to, to find all these pieces of the puzzle that enable you then to come up with a pretty good idea as to how you're going to be able to help these people. So it, it's, uh, it's a little bit of CSI stuff, you know, which makes it kind of fun on my end to, to put all the pieces together. But um, we're just using so many different things to, to come up with this diagnosis rather than just, you know, you've got a cavity, you need a filling. So. Yeah, I, I love it. I mean, I'm fascinated by it. Uh, it's a holistic approach, you know. And then Very much. Further, I dive into health and wellness that really, you know, holistic is a big word. Uh, it can mean a lot of different things, but really just looking into the whole organism and every contributing factor. And you guys do that right when I got with you and we started diving into different questions around, you know, breathing patterns, of airway, all the different things. Um, have I ever seen an ENT for some of those things? And I had after yeah. Kane broke my nose the first time, <laughs> I cleaned up a bit. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, been, uh, it's been awesome. And the results have been nothing short of awesome. And I really appreciate you, brother. That's why I wanted to have you on today. Where can people get a hold of you and where can people work with you? Yeah, well, um, website is um, thehillsdentalspa.com. Got a lot of information on the website uh, in regards to TMJ issues, and and uh, we've got some some good uh, for people that are more involved in the on the aesthetic side of things. We've got a, a a great amount of information there as well. A lot of before and after pictures to show uh, some of the cases that we've done. Um, and, and really, that's the main way. the The phone number here locally five one two three four seven zero zero four four. 
One thing you'll, you'll find if you call is we've got some very uh, highly trained um, team members that are going to be able to help you decide, you know, if this is the place that you need to be, if we can help you. Uh, and if we can't, we're going to know some people that can and, and can refer you in the right direction. But um, I think as, as you found out, the process, it's not like going to the dentist down the street. It's a little bit different atmosphere. It's a little bit different uh, technology that we have. Um, you know, some of the computer stuff that you get hooked up to is kind of weird and, and, and certainly different. Never, never been through that before. But it's all for a reason, all for a purpose that helps us come up with a, an idea as to how we can help you um, give us the right amount of information and, and get the information really that no one else has been able to get before to, to come up with, with, with some ideas, some options for you. And, and that's one thing that I, that I try to do is, is, is give people options. It's not, you know, my way or the highway. You could do this and here's the pros and cons. Here's the limitations. You could do um, something else. Here's the pros and cons. Here's the limitations of that, you know, and, and have maybe two or three different choices. Um, we, we always like to, to let people know ahead of time financially what, what's involved so there's no surprises. Um, but, but the main thing I think is different about what we're doing is just the ability to have a greater amount of, of success in dealing with this whole TMJ thing that a lot of people have tried to help, but 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 really haven't. And the main difference in our approach is, is how we address the muscle part of it. And it's not just teeth and jaw bones and head bones, but it's the soft tissue stuff. It's the muscles. It's 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 the positioning of of the jaw and, and teeth. And that is is the part that the normal approach to TMJ that, that dentists have used never address. Because they're not taught that, um, so that that's I, I think really the key component of why we've had such great success. And and uh, in, you know in in some of the options, and this is is certainly where you went. The end result is not only you feel better, but you got a great smile to go on top of it too. So, <laughs> Fuck yeah, yeah. So that's that's always kind of the icing on the cake. Absolutely, brother. Well, feeling my best and, and being able to sleep on my back. I mean, it, it's funny as people are like oh cool you know but it actually is really really cool when you've got you know my little girl buried under one arm you know whereas is the past i would literally have to sneak away from her to turn onto my side then she's gonna wake up pissed <laughs> not holding her so like now i get to snuggle lay on my back and i'm out cold no snoring yeah no nothing wake up feeling like a million bucks nose yeah. breathing the whole night yeah yeah you know and 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 that's great now for you but where that's going to pay off is 20 years down the road when you're not dealing with uncontrolled high blood pressure, your, your diabetes is, is, is not, you know, it's up for no apparent reason. Um, you know, one of the things that, that we're knowing, finding out so much research on now of the effects of sleep breathing disorders is the contribution that it has with, with Alzheimer's, certain cancers, um, nothing that you're going to feel any different about tomorrow, but again, 20 years down the road when you're not dealing with all of these different breakdowns of your system. I mean, hey, little thing in your mouth to, to help you sleep at night's not such a, a bad trade-off. Yeah, not at all. Yeah. Thanks again, brother. We'll do it again at some point. Love to, love to. Thanks. Yeah.